Welcome, if you are new this morning. If you've never been to church before and you're like, what is going on? I just want to let you know that everything is fine. Has anyone seen The Good Place? <laughs> Has anyone seen The Good Place? And the, It's a long story, but there's a big sign on the wall that says, welcome, everything is fine. Maybe we should have a sign in the foyer that says that, I don't know. If you are new, if you've never been to church before, um, you can relax, you can be yourself. What we're going to do is talk a little bit about Jesus. We're going to read from the Bible and then just talk about what does that mean for us? Is that cool with you? Amazing. Who's already eaten chocolate? Gretel, what? No, <laughs> you're not alone. Everyone has. <laughs> it was like not even the end of Good Friday and our kids were like, can we open the Toblerone? Like, just wait. Because the tradition is Easter Sunday, you eat chocolate, right? Yes. Okay. Good. If not, I'm going to feel so ripped off for my whole childhood. So I hope that that's the case. <laughs> um, cool. So we're just going to read from the Bible shortly. And I, I love Easter so much because if you have come to, in here for Easter, if you've come to church for Easter, you already know what it's about. Like, you know we're going to talk about Jesus. You know we're going to talk about the fact that he died on a cross and that he was resurrected. So I feel like you already know what you're getting yourself into. But what I'd love to do is just talk about, okay, so those things happen. What does that, what does that mean for us? And who even is Jesus? Because I'm sure you've heard lots of different ideas about what Jesus is, who Jesus is, and uh, maybe lots of ideas surrounding, like, what is the church and all this kind of thing. So we're just going to talk really simply today, and then we're just going to look at a bit of the Bible and talk about some of those things. So maybe you were dragged here by a family member. Anyone? You don't want to put your hand up. It's fine. I understand. (laughs) Or, uh, you know, maybe you're like an Easter slash Christmas kind of church attender, and that's cool, and we're so happy to have you. Um, So regardless, so regardless of where you're coming from, it's not like you don't know we're going to talk about Jesus. So we're going to talk about Jesus this morning. And uh, church is kind of like, it's like when you go to a fruit shop, you know you're going to be able to buy fruit, right? You know you're going to buy some bananas, you're going to buy some apples. But there's also some nuts in the fruit shop. Has anyone seen those? <laughs> I'm just saying church is like the fruit shop. There are a bunch of nuts in here as well. And so you need to know <laughs> that like everything is fine. Yes, we follow Jesus. Yes, we love God. And we want to follow Jesus with our lives. But nobody here, actually like the video that we saw, nobody here thinks that they're perfect. Nobody. In fact, the reason that people are here is because they know that they need Jesus. They know that they need God in their life to be able to live. And so I just want you to relax. No one here thinks they're perfect. They're probably looking at you going, wow, they look perfect. So, (laughs) awesome. Quiet in the front. So, Whether you realize it or not, the culture that you and I live in like right now, we actually owe a lot to Jesus. I don't know if you know that, but just our Western culture owes a lot to Jesus. Um, So there's an emphasis like on truth that came from Jesus, an emphasis on like being an honest person that came from Jesus, (laughs) the emphasis to be kind to people and to like love your enemy. Jesus was the first person to ever say that. So you might be aware there's like this, um, what, do you, what do you call it? There's like a campaign and it's called Random Acts of Kindness. Has anyone, you've been involved, you're like, we've all done it. It's been around for ages. There would be no Acts of Kindness campaign without the message of Jesus that says that every individual is valuable and that every individual is made in the life of God. This, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. Um, these are Jesus' ideas. And so how amazing. So if you might not even be a Christian here today, but you should know that you're living in an environment now, in a culture now that was so impacted by the words and the teaching of Jesus. And I'm really grateful. <laughs> and I hope you are too. 
So that's like before we even talk about the spiritual things of life, which is what we're going to do this morning. There are deeper spiritual things like forgiveness and like, a, like life after and in addition to what we're experiencing now. These are all things that Jesus talked about. So the impact of Jesus on the world is actually undeniable. Even if you're a critic, it's undeniable. If you'd love something to read, come see me after. I'll give you something to read. So whether you're visiting today for a free feed or whether you've been coming to church for years, who's been coming to church for years, been following Jesus, trying imperfectly to follow Jesus for years, um, can, I just, and can I just challenge you today, if you're not a Christian here, but you have questions that are stumping you about Jesus and about God and like what is the church and all of these kinds of things, or they're a barrier to you even considering the idea that, of even following Jesus, please do your best most thorough research when you, as you come to your conclusions. Because if we are going to make a great decision about anything, anything, then this particular thing, our spiritual life and the, the important things of life, that would be the thing that you would want to make a really good decision about, right? I would. And so let's just keep that in mind. Because if Jesus really is who he says he is, but your picture of him or your picture of God or church or whatever is a little bit skewed or maybe like a little bit damaged because of that Christian you know, like they said they were a Christian and they did this and they said this. Um, I'd just love to bring us back today to the actual message of Jesus. Because <laughs> there's not a person alive that reflects Jesus perfectly. Not a person alive except maybe Charmaine. Does anyone agree? <laughs> No, she's like, no, you don't live with me. You don't know. <laughs> so I just want to talk about a few things. And the first thing this morning is Jesus is not the Christian that you know. Jesus is not the Christian that you know. We cannot expect another person to behave as or to fill the place that only God can. So sometimes we don't even know we're doing it. And I've done this. Like, would you believe it? I've done this with my husband, Andrew, who's like pretty amazing. I've put him in that place that maybe, probably, definitely not maybe, definitely only God should be. And so when Andy, who's pretty perfect most of the time, makes a stuff up or whatever, like I do all the time, so hypocritical, then I'm like, oh, so disappointed and so hurt about it. But I just need to remember, Andrew is not Jesus. <laughs> Andrew is not God. He cannot fill that, the place of God in my life. And you're smart because you know this. You know, even in your most important relationships, you know that that person, they're not perfect all the time, that they will fail you, that they have failed you. Your parents, your husband, your friend, whoever it is, no one, no one can take that place of Jesus in our lives. And so just let me remind you, especially if you're not a Christian today, that Jesus is not another Christian that you have met. And like, I'm with you. I feel the sting of disappointment. Like every time I hear someone say something behind my back and like they're a Christian, happens all the time. <laughs> or like I'm, someone's upset that I didn't meet their needs. Anyone, we've all been in that situation. Someone's upset with us. Or they, you, they do or say something that hurts me. And I'm like, but you're a Christian. But aren't you? I've said that in our house. But aren't they a Christian? Like I've said that with that anger in my voice. Aren't they a Christian? One of my friends a little while ago, they told me about their first experience having Christian friends. And um, one of the things, and their Christian friends didn't end up staying around. They like moved out of town. And one of the things that this friend said to me was they didn't teach me like how to follow Jesus without them. And so what she was saying was that her friend, her first Christian friend to her, for her was the, her connection to God. 
But we've got it the wrong way around if we're thinking that way. (laughs) Because nobody can be God in your life. That's why we need to know Jesus. That's why we need to know Jesus. So I've had to decide along the way that if I'm going to follow Jesus fully, and I really want to, and I'm not perfect, and neither are you, but I really want to follow Jesus. And if if I want to do it effectively, I can't allow the imperfections of another person to like destroy my faith because how silly how crazy is that we cannot give that power to another person so silly (laughs) and um so if that Christian that you know is a barrier for you to accept Jesus and perhaps you're even thinking of that person right now like don't let it show on your face but like you are thinking of them right now you're like oh that guy they said they're a Christian that lady she said she was a Christian whatever If there are a barrier for you to follow Jesus, can I just lovingly say to you this morning that it's a false barrier. It's a false barrier. It's self-imposed. It's self-imposed. We would never create for ourselves a barrier that makes it harder for us to achieve anything, right? Like Aussie culture is so good at this because Aussies, who was born in Australia, Aussies are like, how can we make this the easiest (laughs) What's the easiest way that we can do this, right? And I think Jesus is like, yeah, Aussie is good on you. Don't make this harder than it needs to be. (laughs) Don't make this harder. Don't put barriers between you and God that actually God didn't put there, you did. (laughs) Let's not do that. Let's be people who decide no matter how imperfect Dave is, who comes to my connect group, no matter how imperfect Dee is, whoever it is that I know that follows Jesus, that says they're a Christian, I will not allow that to hinder my relationship with Jesus. And I hope that that would be the case for you, especially if you're not a Christian this morning and you're thinking about, oh, I'd like to maybe consider what it means to follow Jesus. Don't think about another Christian, you know. Have a look. Read through the Bible. I'll give you something to read. Have a look and have a think about who is Jesus really? Because he's not that imperfect person that you know, but he does love that imperfect person that you know. And he loves you as well. He loves you as well. So should followers of Jesus be concerned with holiness? Yes. (laughs) Yes, they should. A huge yes. Holiness is a massive, beautiful thing. And if that word scares you, let's talk later. Holiness is beautiful. Holiness means that we just become more like Jesus. And who doesn't want that? Jesus is amazing. So yes, we are still concerned with holiness. And we do want to become more like Jesus. And we do want to allow Jesus to transform us and to heal us. Do you know Jesus can heal you? We do want that. So holiness is still important. But that Christian that you know, they are not God. And they know for sure, like everyone in this room, that amongst the ugliness of their process of sanctification, they know that they need him. They need him. Number two, say number two. Jesus is not the church. I love the church so much. Like, I love it. So don't, I'm not saying don't come to church. Like, please come back next week, okay? If like, if you're on holidays and you're listening to the podcast, please come back next week. I love the church. The church is beautiful and it's this imperfect, beautiful plan for God's people that they would gather together, that they would understand who he is, that they would worship him, that they would see God's plans and purposes for the world, like flourish out of their desire to follow Jesus. Like, the church is beautiful. It's beautiful. But Jesus is not the church. Jesus is not the church. The church is not God. It's a bunch of people who are committed to growing in holiness. It's not a schedule of programs to keep us busy. 
Because who knows, who is already like flat out? (laughs) We're all so flat out and our culture doesn't help us in this way. Like our culture is like busy, like hustle, like let's grind. This is is the culture that we live in. And so the church is not like let's just add more things to our schedule (laughs) because that would be crazy and who even wants that? The church is not that. And if we view it as such, we are missing the opportunity to hear the Holy Spirit. And we're missing the opportunity to engage with one another and to engage with God and be transformed. And we're missing the opportunity to like invite God into our everyday life. Our like walking around, eating steak or not, whatever your preference is. Um, doing the washing kind of life. This is the kind of, we want to invite God into this. And so Connect Group, it's not. It's not a program to keep you busy. <laughs> it's not. My Connect Group, I, if you don't know what a Connect Group is, it's a bunch of people that get together, read the Bible, pray for one another, support one another in life. My Connect Group is so wonderful. I love them so much. <laughs> I love them so much. There's so many things that wouldn't happen in my life without those people. They're going to pick my kids up from school when I'm not there <laughs> or when Andrew's not there. They're going to make make us meals. Like Andrew's been away, as you know, and people, you know, in our group, make us meals. Hey, do you, oh, hey, I left my steak in your fridge. Do you want it? That's a true story. <laughs> do you want to keep it or do you want me to come get it? Like, so beautiful. The people, the, the people that love God and that want to follow Jesus, but we do it together. We do it together as a group. That's what this is all about, the Connect group. So next time, next week when you hear about Connect, like it's not another program. This is special. This is a sacred, beautiful thing. Sundays, just like this Sunday, it's not a program that we can all, so that we all conform to the same way of behaving. It's not that because how boring would that be? None of our volunteers even have time for that. If that's what you think that is, our volunteers are like, I'm out. Like a lot of work goes into Sundays and how we gather and how we eat together and how we, even the music team, our volunteers are here because they want to facilitate a time and a space where you can worship Jesus, where you can connect with God, where you can read the word of God, hear the word of God and understand what it means and where we can grow in holiness together. Sundays is not a program. Church is not a program. These, all these things are an opportunity to hear God's voice. So we actually rip ourselves off when we make the institution of the church the main thing because it's not. Church is not the main thing. Jesus is. Jesus is the main thing. How we sing, how we like to pray, our liturgies, our performances, our traditions, they are not God. None of this is God. <laughs> we're here to gather and we're here to worship God, but this is not God. They are expressions of devotion and worship and nothing more than expressions. And we praise God for the many beautiful expressions. We praise God. And I love it all, but they're not Jesus. Jesus calls us to a life of devotion that will look different for every single person in the room. Every single person. So if the goal is that we count numbers every Sunday and we build an organisation, then we've missed the point. Missed the point completely. But if our goal is to, perf- to imperfectly, with everything that we have, follow Jesus as a family and see God's resurrection power at work on the regular, then I am up for that. Are you? How beautiful. What a beautiful thing. The church is beautiful, but Jesus is not the church. If you've ever had a bad experience in church, Jesus is not the church. The church is beautiful and imperfect, but that's not Jesus. Seek Jesus. Look for Jesus. Pray, pray to Jesus, God, would you help me? Show me who you are. Show me who you are, God.
That's what it needs to be. Number three, and our final point, which I'm just going to talk about for a few minutes, is Jesus is not a set of rules. Jesus is not a set of rules. So we're going to read from Hebrews. If you have a Bible, why don't you grab it out? We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 8. And the author, in, the author in the chapter, in chapter 7 and 8, they're talking about the old ways that people historically, like the old, old ways before Jesus, um, before we had churches that meant, met like this, the old ways that people went about knowing God. And they're saying, if this old way isn't working, then we wouldn't have needed a new way. This is what the author is saying. And he's talking about Jesus' way, that the Jesus would come and revolutionize how we interact with God, would reconnect us to God when we've been distant. Um, so in fact, one of the old ways that people knew God or remained a people belonging to God was to do stuff. Is there anyone in the building, whether you've been in church or not, and you have ever, you've received the message that if God is going to love me, I need to do, I need to do this, do that, not do this, not do that. <laughs> anyone? Jesus is not a set of rules. Now, this is a complex thing, so don't go and, like, drink three bottles of wine after this and think this is cool. I'm not saying <laughs> – that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying that is that the way that God loves you and the way that Jesus died for you on the cross which is and rose again, which is what we're celebrating today, it, it's not about us keeping the rules. It's about his mercy and his grace toward us. It's not about the rules. So one of the old ways that people went about knowing God was, so this is one example, okay, of people wanting to know God by what they do, by what they do, which is crazy because if you're trying to know God by what you do or like who you know or like how holy you are or how many times you read your Bible or whatever, it's actually such a terrible plan because other people can interfere with that. Like how crazy. And so this would happen in the temple all the time. A poor family would come to the temple and the, one of the ways that you made yourself right with God is you ate the right thing, you would wear the right thing, you would, all of these rules, all of these rules. And one rule was, if you had done something wrong, you sacrifice an animal. It's terrible, isn't it? And we don't do that here. I just want you to know. We don't do that anymore. Um, but one of the ways that they would make themselves right with God is to sacrifice an animal in the temple so that God would forgive them. Which, by the way, is just, yeah... We won't continue. But um, <laughs> so they would bring, a, they, if they didn't have an animal to bring to the temple, they were, the temple, pe the people in the temple were selling. They were selling animals to a poor family, right? But at like highly inflated prices. So they're ripping people off. This is one way that somebody else was ripping somebody else off so that they couldn't know God. How crazy. How crazy. How ridiculous. So ridiculous. I know it's weird and confronting that's that practice of sacrifice, but not only was this a way of knowing God, it, it was ineffective, but it could also be taken advantage of by another person. So according to the old way, if you were the wrong nationality, it, you couldn't know God and you couldn't make things right between yourself and God. If you were a woman, if you liked bacon too much, like all of these rules, you can't know God, you can't know God, you have to do this, be this, whatever. And so this old way wasn't working for anyone and it was corrupted by people and there were conditions of inclusion and exclusion and it wasn't personal, it was transactional. If you want God to love you, you must do this. It's if I do this particular thing, 
And we think this now sometimes, don't we? If I do this particular thing, God will love me. If I follow Jesus, it's all about this and this and this, keeping the rules. Have you ever thought that to yourself? Oh, God would really want me to do this right now. I better do that so he loves me. What? No. So let's read from Hebrews chapter 8. The author writes this. This is the covenant. I think we have it on the screen. Oh, yep. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord. So this is actually, um, the writer of Hebrews is actually paraphrasing from um, a, a legend called Jeremiah. He says, after those days, says the Lord. Um, he, he's saying, this is what knowing God will be like when Jesus changes everything. He says, I will put my laws on their minds. I will write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. And they shall not say to one another, know the Lord, for they all will know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward them and toward their iniquities and I will remember their sin no more. How amazing. In speaking of a new covenant, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and growing old will soon disappear. So when we consider everything that was happening, corruption at the temple, blah, 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 all of this stuff that's happening at this time, this is how we could read this. I think we have it on another slide. Next slide, thank you. Next slide, thank you. (laughs) So we could say it like this. No longer will they, God's people, that's you and me, teach their neighbour, our brothers and sisters, these people in this room, or say to one another, know the Lord. And what by know the Lord they mean, do this, dress like this, follow this law, this ritual, this sacrifice. Because they will all know me by the Spirit, not by their works. This is what Jesus has done for you. None of the works matter anymore. Not what you eat, not what you wear, none of that. None of that matters. What matters is that when we put our faith in Jesus, we can know God. Amazing, incredible, because they will all know me by the Spirit from the least of these, from the least of them to the greatest. And there is no barrier, there is no person, there is no rule that can get in the way from you knowing God and from God loving you. How incredible, right? So incredible. I love it. I need to stop talking. So the whole vibe here is the Jesus way. The fact that Jesus died and was resurrected. Everything that he instituted when he rose from the dead, which is what we're celebrating today. The whole vibe here is that Jesus' way replaced all the rules that required us to know God by our own means, by our own sacrifice, by our own effort. Yeah. So the message, I'm just going to read the message paraphrase. It says it like this. It says, they'll all get to know me firsthand. The little and the big, the small and the great, and they'll get to know me by being kindly forgiven with the slate of their sins forever wiped clean. By coming up with a new plan, a new covenant between God and his people, God put the old plan on the shelf and there it stays gathering dust. So just remind the person next to you, Jesus is not a set of rules. Jesus is not a set of rules. (laughs) I might ask Shani to come. If you can jump up for me, Shani, we're just going to finish up. But I just love to pray for you before we go out and have an amazing morning tea feast. I'm really excited about that. (laughs) Jesus is not a set of rules. Jesus is God's hand extended to you, to broken humanity. Jesus, through his death and resurrection, he's calling us toward restoration. Do you know what that means? It means means he wants to love us and restore us. How beautiful. If your picture of God has been harsh and distant, I just want you to know that that's not the case. 
that God's desire is that He would know you and heal you and restore you. How beautiful. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And He would want us to partner with Him in this life, not just wait for the one to come. So that's a better life than we could lead on our own, hey? So much better. So much better. Why would we choose to live separated? How crazy. So Easter is not about the chocolate eggs and the like pastel colours of Easter and the decor from Kmart, like the bunny, you know, tablecloths. No, if you've done that, no worries. Like, that's awesome. Do what you got to do. I'm like, celebrate everything. It's wonderful. And I love that. It's beautiful. I'm not saying those things are bad. Um, Zoe and Abby and I were watching a movie called The Passion on Good Friday. It's horrendous. Don't watch it unless you understand what you're getting yourself into. But it is about... Um, about the death of Jesus, the price that he paid. And um, so we're watching all of this and then at the very end he like walks out of the tomb and then the movie ends and it's so disappointing because you want it to go on forever. We were like, oh, is that it? It's over. But we know, <laughs> Isaac was like, There's a, it has a book. The movie has a book. <laughs> so that happened. And um, But so we're watching this and we're reflecting on the sacrifice of Jesus and then I just go to look at my phone and check my messages and whatever. And I just see like ads for not having a go at anyone. But I just see the ads with all the Easter pastel colours and like the Easter bunnies and like the Easter eggs that you can buy and how to style your table for Easter and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, that's not it. (laughs) That's not what this is. I'm so sorry for crying. Zoe's like, mum, you cry too much and it's so embarrassing and I roll my eyes every time. Like, sorry. But Jesus is better than all of this. Jesus is better. He's greater. He's more wonderful than you could imagine. And if you don't know him today, I'm just going to give you an opportunity. This is, you're not joining a cult. You don't have to cut your hair and wear a suit. It's nothing like that. Look at us. Look at us. It's nothing like that. It's nothing like that. But if you just want to even consider the idea of, oh, I wonder what following Jesus would be. I'd like to know who Jesus really is. I just want to pray for you. Is that cool? And then I also want to pray for you this morning. If you have been on that journey, like you've followed Jesus before, right? But life has happened or that Christian that you know happened and you're like, nope, this is not for me. Or that church that you went to, that happened and you're like, nope, no way. Reminder, Jesus is not those things. He's not those things. And so if you have left the faith, your faith, for any of those reasons, I just want to pray for you as well. Not so that you can be at here, at church here on next Sunday or anything like that, but just so that you could just reignite that relationship with Jesus because He wants to know you and He wants to heal you and He wants to help you. He's wonderful. He's so wonderful. It's true that Jesus is not that Christian you know. It's true that Jesus is not the church. It's true that Jesus is not a set of rules, but let me remind you who Jesus is and what the cross and the resurrection means for us. I'm going to read now something that my friend Naomi wrote yesterday, and some of you might have already seen it. This is what it says. As he bowed his head and breathed his last, oxygen returned to my lungs. I woke up from a deep slumber to discover that what looked like a tragic defeat was in fact a final victory. And on the third day, he walked towards me smiling with joy and compassion and he handed me the keys to the very house that I had burned to the ground. 
it now stood restored, resurrected in all its glory, a dwelling, a shelter, a harbour of grace. He bought it back for me at no small cost. And he didn't just walk away and leave me to it. He took off his sandals and he entered in the house. He made his home with me. He shared the table he had restored so that I could enjoy good company. Rifts mended, fractures restored. My feet set on a new path. I knew it would demand everything I had. But he asked nothing that he had not already modeled in a life lived. A life laid down, invested in those who gave him no time, no thought, no reference, no reverence, no trust, ones like me. The fearful, the frustrated, the self-important. He came to them, he lived with them, he died for them, he took the burden and he broke the power of their prison. He gave them the freedom that he had won. He showed them another way through a narrow gate, but into an open field on a wild journey of trust and bravery. Disciples. Calling them upward, teaching them what love looks like, teaching them in truth, because he knew that our best life is not in clutching for control, but in surrendering to the process of being transformed by him into beacons and shelters and trees that bear fruit and carriers of grace. Imitators of Jesus. (laughs) How beautiful. So why don't you stand? We're just going to pray together before before we head out and eat. And I'd love to give you the opportunity, like we said, if you need to bring Jesus back into the middle of your life, we're just going to pray now. But I hope you know that you don't need to be in church to do this. Wherever you are, anywhere, anytime, The Bible says in James, when we take a step toward God, when we move close to God, He moves close to us. So you can can pray, you can talk to God anytime. It doesn't have to be this morning, but I'm here for it if it's this morning. Like, let's do it this morning. Anytime. Jesus is ready to meet you wherever you are, anytime. So let's remember that as as we leave the building today. So let's take a moment, just bow our heads and pray. And I'd love to pray for you if, if you've had something else like we talked about in that place where only Jesus could be. And it's just been a disappointment. I'd love to pray for you. And I'd love to pray for you if you just want to begin that journey of following Jesus again. Or for the first time, maybe you've just never followed Jesus. If that's you, just give me a wave. You just want to return to that journey. You just want to follow Jesus. Or you just want to put Jesus in that rightful place. Yep, I see you. I got you. I got you. Beautiful. It's never been easier. Don't wait until you have your life together to decide to follow Jesus. (laughs) Because I don't have my life together and nobody here does, but it's never been easier. Take a step close to God because He'll move close to you. And today's the day. So let's pray together. We're just going to pray a really simple prayer, so don't freak out if you're new. (laughs) If you want to repeat after me, that's cool. Let's just pray together. God, I need you. I want to follow you, Jesus, for real. Help me. Show me who you really are. Thank you that you died for me. And you have wrecked every barrier. 
Thank you, Jesus, that you are with me. Help me, Jesus. Lead me on this journey. Amen.